Hey there, fabulous teacher. Have you been wondering how to make writing time in your classroom more effective for your students? Do you want your students to love writing time? If so, I think it's time for you and I to start transforming your writing instruction. I'm Melissa Morrison, and I have a passion for helping teachers to feel confident in teaching writing and help them grow successful writers. I've worked with numerous teachers to guide them through this transformation, and in this podcast, I bring you the practical strategies you need to make writing the best time of your day. Let's get going. Hey there, teacher. How are you? And welcome back. Thanks for joining me. Um, I am starting a series on the different um, parts of the writing process, and today's episode is going to be all about planning. I'm going to share some different strategies for planning, but really just talk about the idea of what planning is for and how we can go about thinking about um, helping our students to understand planning and ways to do so that is helpful for them as writers when they are writing. So I'd like you to take a minute to think about what are some of the ways that you have taught or asked or helped your students to plan their writing. Maybe think about a couple of different genres that you've worked in and what you have done for planning, for the step of planning, um, or some people call it rehearsal, sometimes pre-writing. What has happened? What are some things that you've done? Um, I would imagine that sometimes you may have found a graphic organizer that is specific to that type of writing. So if it's an opinion writing, um, I know back in the day we used the hamburger, wasn't that for opinion writing? Um, but for informational, it might be set up with um, main idea and then three details and you might have several boxes for that depending you know and this dependent on the grade level of course um, for a story you might do a beginning middle and end you might do a character map um, so just think about some of the things that you have done for planning and then I want you to think have you ever done or shown your students more than one way to plan according to a genre Um, But not all planning has to be according to genre. Now, I do think it's very helpful. I know uh, Steve Graham talks about it as a schema. So when you think about writing a certain type of writing or within a certain genre, he thinks about the schema that you have. So what is the kind of template, the structure that you would have in mind um, for writing this type of writing? And and he speaks about it for all different moods, not moods, I guess, but types of writing from something short and sweet to, um, you know, a full on essay or a thesis. Um, And so you know that certain things you do want to write in a certain way. However, I would imagine that there are some ways that people plan just as as far as like their order of doing so. Um, And there are so many ways in order to do that. So have you ever shown students multiple ways to plan for the same piece of writing that they are working on? or type of writing that they are working on. And now I want you to think about yourself as a writer. And anytime that you have written something recently, or if you can go back to as most recent as you can about something that you have had to write, maybe it's even just been um, a really important email, or maybe you have done um, some even journaling or some kind of writing that you've done. And then think about what your steps are to planning. What do you do? 
Um, for example, I often tend to just start writing. So I do like a flash draft and then decide um, what's happening. <clears throat> and then I might, after that, go back and do some planning by making some notes or making a list, putting some ideas in order. Um, some people make a list right away or just jot down all the things that they're thinking about. Some people really like to make visuals where they can track it through visuals, through pictures. I'm not one of those people, so it's hard for me to <laughs> explain that part. But so just think about what happens for you. Do you want to get started right away? Do you like to have a very nice outline um, of what you're going to be writing down? And I'm sure if you are thinking about it, it's going to vary for, for different ideas. Sometimes you just need to talk through it or think through it in your mind. And so you know what I'm going to say, that it's going to be very similar for your writer. And depending on their age of, or their experience, they might not have tried many things, but we want them to get to the point where they have an idea of what happens for them when they go to plan or rehearse or pre-write a piece of writing. We want them to get to that point, right? We know if you've listened to um, even just a few of my episodes, you know that I'm very big on teaching the writer, not the writing. I love that quote from Lucy Calkins um, because every single thing that I talk about with writing instruction comes down to that. Every decision you make, um, every question that you ask, every lesson you teach is about making sure that you're thinking about the writer. writer. So when you imagine some of the things that you have provided your your students or have taught them <clears throat> or you know given to them to do their writing is it geared towards the writer or the writing Now in most of the classrooms that I visit and teachers I've worked with the planners have been or the ways to plan have been geared towards the writing, but every once in a while there are um, some that are geared towards the writer because they have a little bit more choice or maybe they've taught them a few different ways to do so. Um, so I would say the first step is to see what happens when students go to write. So when you go and do a baseline piece of writing, what do they do? Do any of them do any sort of planning you know, beforehand? So that's one thing you could do, but I digress. I want you to think about why we would want to not give everyone the same graphic organizer. Now, pause for one second, and I want to say graphic organizers can work and they can be helpful. But I really think we need to expand our idea of what a graphic organizer could be and think about how um, like detailed or prescribed we really want it to be. Because we don't want to limit or push our students outside of their zone of proximal development. We want them to be where they are as writers. And so when you give every single student the same graphic organizer, not only is it geared towards writing because you're just trying to make sure they have their writing all look the same way, but it's also geared towards writing the writing because you're not tailoring it to what the skill level or writing level or, you know, writing prowess is of your writer. Okay. So again, not to say that no there are no graphic organizers that are helpful and not to say that we can't use them at all. But I do think we really need to think about which ones we're using, how we're using them, whether or not we're providing choice or whether or not we're really allowing our writers to 
try out and test and try to understand what really could work for them. But before we talk about them finding their own way, let me talk a little bit more about these graphic organizers that are that you would typically see in classrooms um, and why I why they are focused more on the writing and having everything be the same and not allowing for students voice and choice, but also why they may be either pushing or limiting your writers. Okay. So if you are looking at what I'm looking at right now, which is something you could find on Teachers Pay Teachers, and think about this. This is a graphic organizer, or it says opinion writing organizer, that is for third, fourth, or fifth grade. So to me, that's the first red flag. How can one organizer work well for all those grade levels? Now, maybe I'm kind of um, stepping on my own toes here because you said, well, um, you know, Melissa, if there's a way that someone plans, it could be the same regardless of their grade level. I totally agree with that. However, this organizer is specifically having them name reason one, reason two, reason three, supporting facts. And it has three bullet points for those supporting facts. So that's what I'm saying, that it's almost like the expectation is even the same. So that's just interesting to me. However, um, so when I think about an organizer or a way to plan that could be um, a little bit more authentic, and I'll list a lot of ways, but I just want to kind of you to compare the visuals here. Imagine the one that some people call it clustering, or you might think of like the web. Um, I feel like there's another name for it, but where you have the circle in the middle and you write your topic and then you shoot the lines out and you can make all these circles and then you can shoot a line off of that circle. Well, that seems to me to be a strategy that could work for many genres and it can be um, crafted by the writer. So you can add as many circles as you want wherever you want them, right? But this one is very prescribed to the genre um, and you know the exact same, you know, number of reasons, number of supporting facts. Um, in the first, on the first page, they have it separated as the introduction. And so they have a place for them to write their opinion. It tells them what they should include in their introduction. And then it has a space for them to write it. It's just a big box for them to write it. And so when you think about an organizer like this, you are asking every student to have three reasons for their opinion and three supporting facts for each. Now, maybe the teacher would say, you don't have to have all three. That's fine. But you never know. Okay. They could require it. Um, and so what happens is even for the students who, if they were to write an opinion on their own, say you did a baseline on-demand writing and they were to write it on their own, some students in third grade might write, um, I believe we should have more time for recess. I think this because we need to get our energy out and we don't have time to get our energy out during the day. We sit in our classrooms for a really long time. And maybe that's what they would write. There's three sentences. They might not even be separated. And yet the organizer is asking them, to write nine sentences within just the body paragraph or, you know, maybe three for each paragraph or four for each paragraph. 
and having multiple reasons, no, multiple, um, multiple supporting facts or ideas. It might not, you know, might not have to be facts for each reason. So that's a big stretch for that writer. And then on the other hand, you may have a writer who is so good with elaborating and can think of so many reasons because they understand how to argue, you know, or they understand the evidence idea, they understand, or they ha just have a lot to say about their um, opinion. They have plenty of reasons. They can, they are just good at organizing anyway. And then maybe this writer also is very good at using persuasive language um, and having their voice in their writing. And so that student might actually be a bit limited for this organizer. Also, when you think about the space that's given, and I can, I can see it, you can't, but you think about the space that's given, um, typically students have trouble not only writing smaller, but also shortening their ideas. They, and you know, third grade, eh, we're, we're getting a little bit better, but probably still, it's still difficult for most of them. And anything below that, it's definitely going to be difficult. It's hard for them to have this idea and then put it in a new form of three or four words. And so that's even more thinking that they have to do. Um, or they're going to write the whole thing on this organizer, and then they're going to have to rewrite it when they go to draft, which is a whole other topic. But so just think about the things that you're providing your students and one, if you have not done a baseline piece of writing before this, then that's the first thing you need to do because that's going to help you tailor their planning to their skill level. And not that we don't want to be pushing it, but that's a really big difference. This organizer that I'm looking at with all these dots and bullet points is much further along than the student that I just, you know, told you their piece of writing for their on-demand or what they might produce for their on-demand. It's a very big difference. Okay, so now that we've talked a little bit about just thinking about planning and what it's for um, and how we want to try to help our students figure out what works for them, um, and we've also talked about graphic organizers, um, I want to move on to share some ideas of what planning might look like and some things that you could try um, or you could teach to your students and have them try so that they might figure out what might work for them and especially in different genres. And in the beginning of their <clears throat> learning of writing, you know, in these elementary grades and even still in the intermediate grades, they really want to, or we need to show them different ways <clears throat> and allow them to try these different ways and see what works for them. Because we know that we learn best by doing and practicing and trying, making mistakes. And because, you know, I know even now, there are times when I start to write and I realize I don't have enough to say right now and I need to go back and do some planning, some thinking and planning and jotting some things down. Um, so one um, of, I'm, I'm going to kind of start by lower grade level, but there are definitely things that can happen throughout grade levels. So when I think about kindergarten, first, second grade, even in third grade, one of, and I, okay, let me say this, one of the things that, that student writers can do, writers can do in order to pre-write or plan is just to speak it. Oral rehearsal, just to speak it. They can say it out loud for themselves. They can share with partners. They can say it again before they go to write. 
So just to say what they want to write, because first of all, we know that in the younger grades, kindergarten, and first grade, they are not going to have a whole lot of parts to their writing. Some of them will have more than others, of course, but they should be able to tell their story in order. And um, one of the strategies I've seen is telling it across your fingers. And you might start with just having three parts, but then they can put in as many parts as they want, as long as you know they're actually adding parts and they're not just listing a bunch of details. And that's something that you would teach them and work on with them. But just speaking it is one way to plan. And that could be the only type of planning that your kindergarten or first grade students do, sometimes even second grade, especially in the beginning of the year. But they can also add to that sketching something. So let's say they tell their story or let's say they say the things they want to include in their teaching book or they explain their opinion or reasons why if you're um, up to that in their grade level. After that, they might sketch something out. So perhaps they would get their pages and put a little sketch on each part or have a little graphic organizer that has different blocks and they would sketch something out there. Now, it is difficult for kindergartners to sketch. They don't want to. They want to draw and they want to take forever to do it. And so I sometimes hesitate with having them do that first because I don't want them to have to redraw their picture all over again. However, um, I have seen where teachers have like a three or four block paper. Um, Like let's say they were doing a narrative story and they had a beginning, middle, and end. And so they were drawing their parts for it. And then I suggested what if you have them cut that up and then use the picture they made, especially if they've really taken time to add detail to it and just paste it on the page where they're going to write if that's the picture that they really want to use. Um, You can also, they can either say, sketch, say, sketch. So each page they say and sketch it, or they say the whole thing and then sketch out the whole thing. Um, And again, there are several, or there are writers who do like the visual part of, right? They do use visual in their planning. So this doesn't have to be only for the lower grades. Now, we also know that in kindergarten and sometimes first grade, write or drawing is a lot of the writing for these emergent writers. But when you get into the upper grades, maybe they just like to draw things out to remember the order really quickly, put it at the top of their paper, put it on some post-it notes um, so they can figure it out. And that drawing might even be according to a um, plot line, a story plot line, Or it could be just like the story map that you have given them in the past. It could be according to the text structure that they've learned about that they want to use in their informational writing. So there are a lot of ways that that visual and the drawing can be used. And then, you know, there are things like the graphic organizer I mentioned before where it was like the clustering or the web. There are things like that where it's just like bullet points or um, they make their own bullet points. So you show it to them, but then they have a piece of paper and they can put them as they need them. Um, Something that's really basic that they can even create on their own. And then even just listing, just making a list, a list of ideas, a list of ideas for what's going to go in your teaching book, um, a list of parts for each chapter, a list of things that happen in the story, a list of description um, about a character. So listing is very, I, I think it's helpful, effective, and it can be used in so many genres. 
So hopefully um, I've named at least one idea that is different than something that you have um, done before. I am really all about things that students can make on their own that is low prep, but still helpful. And so, you know, really thinking about what you do when you write and also just trying out a few things and see what works, what helps your students. I also challenge you to think about the graphic organizers that you might be providing that are very similar for everyone and that is very, I want to say prescribed, but that, you know, it's like it's really written exactly like you want to see the writing done at the end. I just challenge you to think about what that is doing for certain students. And if you're really not sure, you're like, I don't know, you know, I think that this is working for them. I then also suggest that you do that baseline piece of writing. Have them write an opinion piece before you have them start planning. Have them write an informational piece or part of it, one chapter maybe, before they start and see what they come up with because that will really help you figure out what they might need even in order to help plan um, in a better way that is more effective for them. All right, fabulous teachers. So I invite you to think about your next steps with regards to pre-writing or planning for your writers. What will you show them? How will you make it work? What will you do to help your students become better writers? Hey again, I am so happy to have had you listen in again today. I would like to ask a little favor. If you're enjoying the podcast, could you take a moment to go wherever it is that you listen and write a review and tell others what you find um, so great about these episodes? I would love to be able to share it with more teachers to help them in their writing instruction, just as hopefully I've been helping you. Thank you so much.